Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Ezra Peregrine. Today on the show... Uh, it's a two-part special kicking off with Amanda Jettenox. Canadian author mm. and social media influencer. Oh, I hope I said that right. Though, you it? did. Uh, then joining her later is trans youth social media influencer, Emily. Plus, what happened to Bristol Pride's billboard? Oh, here today, right here on Shout Out. Hello, that's slightly more in tune than normal. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been practicing it all week. Very in tune. Uh, are we all feeling a bit lethargic with the heat at the moment? I'm feeling, yeah, feeling very, very tired. Difficult so. to sleep, isn't it? Mm. When, when it's yeah. this hot. And uh, I think you were off seeing a certain Harry yesterday, weren't you? Which yes. might have something to do with My it. My boyfriend, Harry Starts. He was so pleased to see me, so it's been so long. Uh, yeah, all the way in Cardiff. And our um, radio friend, Ollie, was also there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. bump into him and actually forgot until he posted on my post today um, but yes it was a wonderful show hello Ollie oh, wonderful hello Harry wonderful. and <laughs> Harry <Later>. as well <laughs> I, I know Ollie will be listening so and then you'll hear Ollie in a couple of weeks as well because he's coming to do um, Shout Out's Pride broadcast live Pride yeah. yes <laughs> do, do you have to sing it every time Terry I've I, I decided I'm going to become pride. an unofficial jingle singer oh. <laughs> wonderful side, impromptu made up dirt, on the spot jingles <laughs> Don't let me do that. That'll be absolutely chaotic. I don't know. That's great. If I know you, it'll just be like 20 different accents. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. potentially. Um, I'm really looking forward to Pride this year. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, I mean, if you've not heard us um, before um, in previous years, um, shout out, it's very lucky. We always work with Bristol Pride to make sure um, we broadcast all day. And again, Mm -hmm. BCFM really kindly have let let us take over for the day. So you'll be able to listen there and on shoutoutradio.lgbt all day. And what's different to being in the park is um, we're obviously, we we do take the live audio from the stage. We send people out, um, Steph's out on the march um, when that starts at 11 o'clock and the like. Fingers crossed it works this year. Um, Josh's community <laughs> radio technology doesn't always work. Um, but um, we also, wherever we can possible, talk to the acts when they come off the stage. Yeah. So there is a bit that you get um, that you don't get in the park. So it can be quite quite worth a, mm. worth yeah, a listen. And, um, and, and, um, just to let everyone know, we're also on Bath Sound. Am I? All day mm. coverage in Bristol and Bath. And Bath. Wonderful. Yeah. Think- and around the world on our website. I think mm. you can also listen on the TuneIn app, just in case any listeners already use that. I know BCFM's on there, yeah. I'm not sure shout out is yet. Ah, okie dokie. Um, BCFM is. You, you have okay. to be a full radio, you know, a 24-7. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And, and we're not, we're a show, so. Ah. Um, but if we can, we'll also podcast some of it afterwards, and we often do highlights as well. Just, just, yes, just we podcast do. my bits. Uh, and, and people do ask why. Um, <laughs> it, there is a genuine reason why we do it. I'm just ignoring that. <laughs> you know, it is because, you know, there, there is a very serious side to it. You know, it's a great fun day as well, but it is also um, specifically because there are some people that can't go to Pride because they're not out for whatever reason. It may be, you know, they're not happy to be out yet. It may be religious. It may be family, it, whatever it may be. Well, and they might be not very well on that yeah, day. Yeah, or not. 
Well, well yeah, we had people last year who were listening at home because they had COVID. So yeah. they were still over. Yeah. And, yeah. and the whole reason we do it is part of our outreach is to make sure that you can still be part of Pride even if you cannot go. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, do join us for that um, for the day. Um, that'll be live from... Um, uh, we, we, well, we start, we've got a show at 10 and then we go live at 11. Mm. Um, so, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed if things work, we'll be talking to Steph down on the march as it starts at around about 11 o'clock. Yes. And potentially me. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to be down there too. Yeah, I mean, Steph has said she, you know, she can't do it without me. At least so. you'd hold her hand and wave <laughs> a flag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's also, I mean, last year, although it um, didn't go the way we wanted it to go, it was still lovely to be immersed in that because it's the well, first time. The march. Yeah, because yeah. it's the first time I've ever been in a Pride march. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, and my first Pride was with you. Yeah. Isn't it strange that I'm really positive that the tech we have now will work this year, <laughs> but last year we were using the BBC's outside Ooh. broadcast van. Yep. Not a single and bit it worked. didn't work. <laughs> so I just filmed that. loads of stuff and put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. So, sometimes so. technology doesn't quite That's work. Right. Yeah. But no, it's no. part of the fun we'll, we'll try. of broadcast. We'll try. It is. So. Absolutely. Um, and I owe my husband a big apology as well, you know, because I, I absolutely love doing shout out and he totally understands, but I do end up not spending pride with him because oh, we're so busy yeah. doing um, our hour. It's yeah. like one of our biggest events of the year. And, you know, and every year he's like, oh, I'd love to do the march. I have to you. say, your husband always looks utterly stunning at Pride. He looks mm. very impressive. Yes, quite often, um, yeah, goes and joins the, the, the rubber guys or yeah. the leather guys or yeah. something. And, and but he gets very hot, doesn't he? He gets extremely Especially hot, Especially because yeah. they're always, I mean, they have been blessed with very good weather most mm. most years. Don't jinx it. Please no. don't jinx would it. You, would you want to go to any of the other Prides with Carl? I don't know. I, I go to London. I like I like the difference in the prides that we do. So like I mean, Bristol is humongous. Yeah. Um, I'm of an age. I'm not so sure I want to be crammed right at the front of the stage when yeah. the final act is on. I think that's that would right. just be hell for me. Um, I quite like the fact we're not. We're side stage yeah. and behind. Yeah. You know, screened off and, and the like. Mm. But then I also enjoy when we do Western Supermare Pride, which we're mm. doing later in in September. Yeah. This year is also going to be UK Pride because it's smaller. Mm. And it's more, more, you know. I mean, it's like the, the safety barrier between us at, at Pride is humongous, and the one between us and the audience at Western Supermare is, is, you know, like shoulder height. <laughs> I'd still really like to do Brighton Pride. I've got to say, it's supposed to be the biggest, isn't it? I Speaking think London. London I think. Yeah, L- London. It doesn't. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful, but I would still, I would still go to Brighton. If do you I know, choose. I'd actually quite like to do something in a different country. Oh, yeah. such as. Um, I don't know I'd Wales? like to do San Francisco <laughs> Okay A bit more adventurous <laughs> than me <laughs> <laughs> I'm anyway, over the bridge um, we're, we're running majorly over Oh so. let's go <laughs> um, Now whose piece was this This is yours wasn't it Steph Yeah um, So uh, This is down to Shay actually Of Medway Pride Radio We broadcast on On a Friday and a Saturday Hello Shay um, Who Shay. actually got us this interview So thank you so much Shay For doing that for us Well, you know certain people in the queer community put their heads above the parapet. I would say our next guest actually puts their whole body. They're actually stood on the parapet and taken some real big hits on social media. And as part of the LGBTQ community, we all need those people to be supporting us all and out there because it's a vicious world at the moment on social media. And I'd like to introduce, to shout out, Amanda Jeté-Knox. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Now, let me just uh, tell our listeners about your pin post on Twitter, because it's quite powerful. Rehab at 14, homelessness at 16, 
pregnant at 19, high school graduate at 38, wrote a bestseller at 43, came out as non-binary at 44, inducted into the Order of Ottawa at 45. Wow. It's been quite the journey. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So let's go back to your childhood. So that that rehab. So what was it like growing up in Canada? Did you have supportive parents? When did you feel a little bit different? My parents are pretty cool in, in, in sort of the important ways, like letting me... Experience anything I wanted to experience as a child. So I was assigned female at birth, and yeah, that did not stop my dad from going to buy every piece of Lego he could find at garage sales because he knew that I loved Lego. Or uh, show me, you know, his entire uh, popular mechanics and popular science magazines when he was, uh, you know, when he was working on things in the garage. Uh, He was very, very inclusive. My parents, you know, let me dress the way I want and be the way I want for a long time. Um, I knew from a very, very early age that I was different. Um, I, I definitely didn't feel like a girl. I tried very hard to feel like a girl, but it just, um, it, it just, it just wasn't happening. But I think I, I did a good job of convincing myself as I got older that that was the case. And, and for, for, you know, a few decades, I lived as a woman and really, really tried my best to lean into it. Mm. So what was it like going to school? You you, you said you um, were in rehab at 14 years old. What what drove you in, into that? Was it alcohol abuse or drug? Uh, it was both. It was both mostly alcohol, but also drugs. I had... Um, had some really bad experiences growing up and uh, some of them I get into publicly and some of them I don't because it doesn't really serve any purpose um, and can harm other people. So I keep those stories to myself. But uh, one of the things that I did deal with was a great deal of harassment for being different Uh, harassment and bullying. um, When I was uh, quite young, I was um, in middle school. So grade seven, eight, I was set on fire in front of my school by a couple of girls who were, I think, doing their best to fit in as well. And I had always been a target. They knew me from elementary school. They used to harass me there. And so this was just an escalation of what they already did. So it was situations like that and having to change schools and then finding more bullying at that school. I had a reputation that preceded me as someone to pick on. Um, I had a lot of that happening and it, it did sort of drive me to try to use alcohol and drugs to cope. And I was using every day. So I moved um you know I, I i ran away from home quite a bit i was in a lot of trouble and uh finally my parents basically did an intervention and said you're you're gonna need to go to rehab so i did i went i went to a live-in treatment center for six months and i emerged sober so it was one of the best things that i ever did and obviously all along that 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 massive journey even before you as you only got through to puberty and you had the support of your your parents yeah i did when you know my parents didn't give up on me and i think that's a really important thing that i learned from them um i learned that as a you know entering 
parenthood myself, I knew that that was a really important aspect that you love your children unconditionally. So that uh, that was something that, you know, despite any other issues that may have been going on, uh, my parents absolutely did love me unconditionally and did work hard to make sure I was safe. Mm. Now, the book you wrote um, obviously covers all that, the pain, the anguish. I guess amongst that, there's been some really good moments. So tell me about some of the positives in your life. Really, I, I have a, I have a, I have a wonderful life. Um, so I, uh, I, I started my parenting journey fairly young. I, um, I met this amazing person at a party one night when I was a teenager, and we fell hard for each other. And we, um, we did, we did what I think society, what we, what we both felt society expected us to do, you know, get married, have children. Uh, I had my first baby at 20. I was married at 21, bought a house at 22, uh, went on to have two more children by the age of 30. Um, and when our middle child was 11, they came out to us as trans. That was a, a shock in one way, and then also in another way, it was uh, it was it was a pretty um, good explanation for what was going on. There were a lot of feelings there of uh, of isolation and depression, and uh, and you know not wanting to go to school and having a hard time fitting in. So um, today, that child is now twenty and extremely happy, um, and. 18 months after they came out to us, my spouse of 18 years came out as a trans woman. And that has only was, improved. Was that, was that a shock to you, Amanda? Oh, it was, it, oh it was a big shock. It was a, it was a big shock. So there were no was, signs. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> it was... It, it was a big shock because, I mean, you know, we had been together at that point, I think, for about 22 years. And in 22 years and over two decades, I, I had never heard that she might be a woman there were no uh, obvious signs even looking back she she had it buried pretty deep so it was but also again it explained her sadness it explained her her dissatisfaction with life because she did have just we had this beautiful life and she was just so very unhappy so again we went through this transition as a family we all came together we all supported one another and uh, and we came out the other side of that and the, the other really bright spot in all of that is um you know we've been together now for 30 years we've been married for 25 in early 2020 because we were in a place where we could all be ourselves and we could all you know and we all loved each other and we were all open and people felt better we were able to um adopt as well so we ended up adopting a fourth child who was a teenager and she was actually our our non-binary child's best friend in middle school um who was in the foster care system so we now have four children um including one who is also 20 right now so mm. yeah it's it's been it's been quite a journey yes yes sounds like it but and quite adventurous um the laws in canada have they kept pace with society's uh, better knowledge of gender and sexuality I would say yes, they, they are they are keeping pace. I think the current government, one of the promises that they made uh, in their first uh, election campaign was to introduce trans rights into the Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms, to write it into the criminal code, uh, gender expression and gender identity as, uh, as essentially hate crimes. Um, 
And so that that was actually a promise that they kept. There are other promises they didn't keep, but they certainly kept that one. Um, and our family was a part of that. We lived in Ottawa at the time, which is the capital. And we we were we went to Parliament quite a bit, and we spoke to people, and we helped try to get that passed. Um, a lot of people put a lot of work into it. Far people far you know far more engaged than we were. To be fair. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it did pass and, and now it is, you know, trans, uh, expression, uh, gender expression and gender identity are protected classes in Canada throughout Canada. So that is a wonderful thing. We still have some things we have to work on and we are seeing transphobia creep in more and more and more into the country right now. But for now, trans people are relatively safe. Yes. That's good to hear. Let's um, talk a bit more about your book, um, which has got a beautiful title, um, Love Lives Here, which is actually on sale now, so you can all rush out and buy it. Yeah, it is. So when you have two people transitioning in a family, eventually three, because then I also came out after the book, it's worth telling the story in detail. And so our family decided that we should, uh, or I should write that story out because it covers having a child transition. It covers having a partner transition. Um, and and there, there just aren't a ton of stories from that perspective, especially ones where things turn out really well. We, our family, I think, and the way that society has embraced us, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not talking social media, I'm talking, you know, in our community, in our world, our families, overall, we have been met with, um, with a lot of support, a lot of love and support and, and, uh, and, and affirmation. And, I think that that is a, a blueprint, if you will, for how society can get it right, which is why I wrote out that book, which was a very vulnerable book, a very, very challenging one to write in a way that I felt would respect my family members and uh, and put the most important stuff into the story. But uh, but no, no regrets whatsoever. I'm, I'm glad I wrote it. Mm. Do you get harmed um, by social media because you are quite prolific and you really, really do push back um, and we need more people like yourself? Does that does that pain you sometimes? Does it really make your eyes water and think, wow, there is so much hate out there? Or do you believe, like a lot of people, that it's just a small minority that are very, very loud? Well, I do believe it is a small minority that are very very loud i also think they're incredibly organized and so over the last nearly decade now that i've been doing this work i've seen a definite increase in the types in in the in the level of harassment and and and, uh, and the types of harassment and targeted harassment against not just me but a lot of other very visible trans people and allies i don't take a lot of it personally. Um, it, it isn't something that I, I, I can allow myself to take personally. It's something I've had to work on. I, I have I have to acknowledge my privilege here. I uh, I've, I've had access to therapy. I have access to doctors. I've had access to medication that helps keep my anxiety in check. 
Um, I exercise. There are a lot of things that I do every day to be able to do this job. I'm not going to say it's easy and I'm not going to say it's water off a duck's back because it isn't. But what I am able to do now is recognize that other people's reactions are theirs to own and not mine. I am not responsible for how somebody else feels based on something that I write or some or, or the way that I live. I can live one way or I can say one thing and I can have a thousand people take it a thousand different ways. So people's bigotry, people's um, anger, people's, um, you know, harassment, that is coming from them and issues that are stemming within them and not me. And that is the only way that I make it through that type of situation. Mm. So looking forward to the future, is there another book planned? There is another book, actually. So my second book with Penguin Random House will be out August 22nd worldwide. It's called One Sunny Afternoon, A Memoir of Trauma and Healing. So this one picks up where Love Lives Here left off. It's a more personal book in that it talks mostly about me. I had a significant mental health um, crisis, a breakdown, if you will, in 2020, brought on by a number of things, but uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was a massive pile on on social media that lasted over a week. And I ended up in a very dark and very scary place and thankfully was able to get the support that I needed and start to, I got a diagnosis of uh, complex PTSD and then was able to start healing. So this book is, it's, it's a, it's a difficult book in some ways, but it's also a very, I hope, hopeful book for people as well because it does show that there is a way out and that you can find happiness again like i have emerged a far more confident happy uh empowered person than i was before so i think that's that's the message i'm trying to send with that book so yeah that's that's my next project good good now if people want to follow you um if they already don't what have you been doing <laughs> so uh, but what are your social medias and your website amanda so you can find my website at Amanda Knox, J-E-T-T-E-K-N-O-X.com. And on social media, I go by Maven of Mayhem. I've been going by that since 2006. <laughs> um, on Instagram, it has underscores, Maven underscore of underscore Mayhem. And everywhere else is just Maven of Mayhem. I think I'm most prolific on Twitter, but I am trying to do Instagram more as well. And I'm also on Facebook. So you can find me just about anywhere. Okay. Now, that name, just, just a quickie, um, Maven of Mayhem. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, six months pregnant with my third child at the time I was running a daycare out of my home and it felt like chaos in a box and so I was trying to find something to start a blog with and I thought it'd be really funny to get my frustrations out and just you know write this sort of tongue-in-cheek um, you know daily perspective of somebody living with all of these little children in my life um, and I thought Maven of Mayhem was a really fun alliteration. So I just went with it and it was available and there you go. So it's been mine ever since. <laughs> Amanda, thank you very much. Now, uh, the other side of the break, uh, we're going to bring Emily in and um, have a chat with them. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's called React. Um, and you if you're too it. young to remember the sample of the song in the background, <laughs> um, it is uh, Robert Miles' Children. 
remember it Some, well. Somewhere around about 1995, 96. 96. 96. I'm, I'm not too young. No. I was 11. Oh. I remember it well. Oh. <laughs> Steph was about 60. Tell your host. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh, actually. I bought, bought my first Zimmer that year. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a jetpack on yours now, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Zooms around. <laughs> zooms around between programmes. Uh, right, who's doing news tonight? Is it just you, Terry? It's just, just me. No, yeah. It's just Terry. Oh, Steph's not doing it. Huh? No. no, he gets paid for doing the news. Why should. <laughs> Paid? In what? Not my job. Admiration. <laughs> paid. <laughs> paid in, um, I don't know, underpants. All right. Yeah. I can sort Not going to say who's underpants. Tom Davies. Underpants. I've just yeah. said it. There we go. It's out. <laughs> I tell you, the, the day Tom Daly, we actually get to interview Tom Daly, we're going to have to keep like Terry on a rain or something, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just laugh. Uncontrollably, uh, 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 I think. Uh, uh, I won't uh, be able to anyway, right. Uh, let's get news. latest news headlines. <laughs> is Shout Out News with Terry Starr. Police are investigating several incidents of homophobic vandalism over the last week. In Gloucester, two men and a woman are being sought, according to ITV West, after vandalising a pride banner outside a shop. Meanwhile, many local Bristol media reported on an attempt to burn down a billboard advertising pride in the city. Damage was sustained by the advert, but as one person noted, a pathetic attempt to try and intimidate LGBTQ plus people in Bristol, they didn't even manage it. The billboard still stands. Darren Carter from Pride spoke exclusively to shout out about the attack. So yeah, unfortunately the um, Bristol Pride uh, billboard uh, was set alight in the very early hours of Monday morning, having been up for less than 24 hours. Um, But yeah, it's just really, really upsetting to think that somebody specifically targeted our billboard and, you know, are so full of of, of hate or anger towards our community that they they would do this. It's just a reminder that we should never be complacent, that we should keep on working hard to combat prejudice and hatred uh, when we see it, when we hear it, and to stand up for all parts of our community. And we need our allies to do that as well and help us raise our voices. Many people express solidarity with Bristol Pride, including the Reverend Phil Knott, chaplain at Bristol Cathedral. Now, although anti-capitalist groups allied to LGBTQIA plus politics have long critiqued the corporate support for Pride events, many others in our community also welcome visibility in advertising and the availability of sponsorship that can allow many smaller Prides to go ahead. This week, Pink News says that Outvertising, a UK-based group working with brands advertising with LGBTQIA plus community organisations, has called on companies not to roll back on Pride campaigns and messaging if they come under attack from what they say are fringe groups who are attempting to erase our community in the media. The statement was endorsed by organisations including Publis Illegalité, Stonewall, Mermaids and the US-based Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Corporate research shows that the public are twice as likely to support brands which show inclusivity. The Independent newspaper says that a football match between the United States and Mexico held in Las Vegas was concluded four minutes early due to homophobic chanting targeting the USA goalkeeper Matt Turner. Several people were ejected from the stadium during the match. 
neo-Nazis and white supremacists, including a man who was prosecuted for stabbing an interracial couple, attempted last week to disrupt Lewis County pride in Washington state with their supposed white superiority. However, as the Newswire LGBTQ Nation reports... It all went wrong for them after they were beaten back by festival goers. One gay man uh, challenged a white Nazi macho man to a push-up contest and quickly defeated him. Then, after a woman performed a twerking dance against the hate group, they gave up trying to disrupt Pride and instead went off. LGBTQ Nation notes that giving up, the group of men tried to go to several restaurants, but they were denied service at each establishment. They retreated to their cars and a Pride organiser followed the group back to the vehicles to film their licence plates to be able to identify all the men. ORF, the public service TV and radio network in Austria, notes that another threat to open and democratic societies are young male Islamists radicalised online. Three young males were arrested in Vienna on Saturday after months of close monitoring by the security services. They had become radicalised by the internet and were planning some kind of attack on the Rainbow Festival, Vienna's Pride event, which attracted more than 300,000 people. The Austrian authorities had worked with Pride organisers and the security security services to keep tabs on many extremist religious individuals and note that lone wolf style attacks remain a risk in the country. But we will not let the enemies of LGBTQIA rights, democracy and an open society get us down, said the parade's organising team. BBC News, Sky News and our own LGBT plus newswire Pink News all reported that Howard Donald, a house music DJ and member of the band Take That, had been dropped by Nottingham Pride after eagle-eyed members of the community spotted the fact that he had been interacting with and liking homophobic and transphobic tweets. He had also reportedly liked posts by the misogynistic and racist influencer Andrew Tate. In a statement on social media, Groovebox Pride Festival said, in light of recent events, Mr Donald will no longer be playing at our Nottingham Pride Festival on Saturday the 29th of July. We offer our thanks to the public for alerting us to the situation this morning. The left-wing weekly newspaper Socialist Worker reports that over 1,000 people joined a protest in London on Saturday against laws that enabled a judge to jail Carla Foster for 28 months for accessing abortion pills to terminate an unwanted pregnancy. Protesters gathered outside the Royal Courts of Justice in central London for a protest called by the British Pregnancy Advisory Service, the Women's Equality Party and the Fawcett Society. The abortion rights grassroots pro-choice campaign tweeted, the mood is noisy and angry. One in three women have abortions and policing our bodies is the real crime. At one point, tra crowds also chanted, one struggle, one fight, trans rights are women's rights and no justice, no peace. Science Magazine Online reports that a new study of a cohort of 82 adolescents who were being treated in Atlanta with gender-affirming hormone therapy found that only three discontinued the therapies and that none, absolutely none, reverted to identifying as their gender assigned at birth. The study from Emory University is an important rebuke to anti-trans extremists who claim, quite falsely, that lots of trans people want to detransition. Channel 5's weekly entertainment bulletin says that a new movie documentary out in July will chart the career of gay hero, philanthropist, generous charity donor and all-round good guy George Michael through his closeted days as a boy band pin-up with Wham and then onto his development as a formidable soul singer and songwriter. Called Wham, the movie will open on the 27th of June. 
And finally, we send our greetings to LGBTQIA plus pagans everywhere as we have passed the longest day of the year, the summer solstice. Although observed by people of many spiritual traditions and also many humanists and atheists, the solstice is particularly important for ancient pagan religions. The New Age bookstore The Goddess and Green Man in Glastonbury High Street notes, this is the peak of the solar year. The sun is at its height of its life-giving power. The earth is awash with fertility and fulfilment and it's a joy of tie of joy of t- joy and celebration of expansiveness and the celebration of achievements yet within this climax is the whisper and promise of a return to the dark as the light reaches its peak so that this is also the moment when the power of the sun begins to wane from now on the days grow shorter and the nights grow longer and we are drawn back into the dark to complete a wheel of the year this is a very special time of year for a lot of people so if you are celebrating then we wish you bright blessings for shout out news this has been terry star shout out news national and international lgbt news for you shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast right welcome back part two so amanda slid slightly to the left and uh, emily snuggled up closer emily welcome to the show thank you now now before we proceed just give us a little bit background your age how you got into social media and at such a young age put your head above the parapet for the queer community it's kind of started a very very long time ago so i'm 15 now but i kind of came out at a very young age i started i kind of started hinting at it when i was three so i was extremely young because my parents kind of had no idea what any of it was because they kind of weren't really they didn't have an issue with the LGBT community, but they were kind of, the, at the time, the people who were, like, didn't look into it as much. So it it ended up, um, I think, after a while, at least they, after they kind of researched it and found out what it, what it was that I wanted to be, letting me be me. So you've got you've got lots of support then. How how does that yeah. work at school? Of the of the schools also giving you lots of support. When I first came out in my primary school, the kids were a bit confused and didn't know what to like what to do with me being me. But I never got any hate or abuse from any of the teachers or the students, which was very good for a primary school because you did think like the younger kids of that at least say something but like the 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 younger kids seem to find it amusing like they were all in dead interested into heart like me being transgender so they kind of would ask me a few questions about it but i'd only take it to a certain point that they'd understand because they are they were like a couple years younger than i was Mm. but i got a lot of um a lot of support from the primary school and in secondary school in years like from year seven to midway through year eight everything was good then as well but after 
you know, kind of older people got the worse things got, like the language use got stronger. The way people would look at me and the views on me had changed and kind of everyone just lost interest in pretty much just being friends with me. Hmm. Did That must have hurt. It did at first, but I, kind of got, I got over it pretty quickly, to be fair. And after the people who had the views changed on me have kind of come back around to apologise and, like, it was a very long apology and I'm still only friends with, like, two people from secondary school now. But um, but it, it was, like, the, some of the first friends I had when I started. Do you think that it's all down to education, that once you told your friends and teachers and that, that better understanding meant that people were a little bit uh, more relaxed with who you are? I'm not sure, because everyone had the different views on it. And some, all the teachers were okay with it. Most of the students were fine with it. And even... As I got older, some of the students were still fine, like, because the our school that I the school I went to had a lot of. It was a mixed school, so it was full of different religions and other things like that. Some people weren't religious then either, but like, even like the people who were against, like their religion were against me, but they were still fine with me being me. Some of them, but. It seemed the people who had known me longer just kind of gave up, yeah. you know, in, in a way. So what do you do outside of school? I like to play football a lot with my friends. And we kind of, it, it's all normal around where I lived. Everyone's kind of normalised me transitioning. But it, everyone's dead inclusive around where we are. They, they don't really care. That must make you feel really relaxed, mustn't it? And yeah. quite confident in being you. Yeah, like I can be myself around them. Playing football is just kind of where everyone forgets where we are and just mm. enjoys the time while we're out. Mm. What position do you play? I play left midfield. Left midfield. As if I know what that is. <laughs> Some of our listeners know exactly what that is. <laughs> uh, do you think you're good? I'd say I'm. I, I wouldn't say I'm good, but I would say I'm. I'm average for my age. Okay. Okay. Um, do you do a blog? Are you active on social media? Well, yeah, but no, because me and my master kind of manage it. Because yeah, I will get a lot of horrible things said about me and things that I wouldn't know how to handle. So it's kind of like I'm standing on my phone, but also my mum's stand on it on her phone as well. Okay. So she she can see what's going on and what things are being said. Mm. There's a lot of love there, isn't there? Yeah. 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 So what have you got planned for the future? When I'm able to get a license, that's like one of the first, th- first things I want to do when I turn 17 is to make sure that I've I've got my license, but because like, I, I like to always have things when I'm allowed them. And <laughs> <laughs> you're at the front of the queue. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with going forward. And um, it sounds sounds like you're surrounded by loving people um, that will protect you. And um, 
I hope you have a really good life, Emily, and thank you for joining us on Shout Out. Thank you. I've enjoyed my time. Good. Thank you very much. And thank you to you as well, Amanda, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Okay. Thank you both. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Well, there's one thing going to get you in the mood for Pride. It's that one, isn't it? I love it. That's Kylie Minogue's latest song. That's called Padam Padam. (laughs) Padam 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 (laughs) Padam. Let's get it in the dictionary already. And, and, and is that genuine what yeah, you were genuine. telling me off air that it's named after you know your heart goes yeah ba-dum, ba-dum. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Oh. yeah but um, yeah they're, they're genuinely looking at having it put into uh, the dictionary because now everybody knows what it means because Kylie Minogue is that famous <laughs> <laughs> that song's out for a week or so and everyone's like he's popularised it's it. nice to hear her do something new it is it's been actually. a little while hasn't it this reminds me and it's me. very different I do like how different her music always is yeah it's like she takes a break and then does Madonna yeah well, it's, it, it, it's a reinvention, but let's see what it gets remixed with. Mm. Because if you think about it, I can't get it to my head. Ended up being uh, remixed with Blue Monday, mm. and then mm. it completely relaunched the song and made it even more famous. Mm-hmm. That's right. Gosh, I remember right. that being non-stop on the radio, and every morning on my college bus. Um, to take me to college I wasn't just on a random college bus um, I was on a bus to go to college they played that every morning yeah, at like the it was exact same wasn't time it? and I was like after like the week first week I was like right headphones going on um, although I do I do love her but um, I can only listen to to songs so many times yeah, no, just, we'd like to end on a cheery note so before we get to the end of the <laughs> yeah, show Steph's got something that's not quite so cheery to talk yeah, about no we've um, on the Reuters news feed uh, we've learnt that Kenya are looking to follow Uganda and bringing in uh, legislation for the death penalty for, for gay people now Thursday morning I interviewed a group of trans and gay people who'd escaped Uganda and were in a camp in Kenya Uh, We'll be playing that out next week. Um, But it's very sad because also Reuters report that not only are Kenya looking at this, but also Tanzania to bring in the death penalty. And one MP in Kenya, uh, his name is Muhammad Ali, um, just a coincidence, I think. Yeah, no relation. Has said that um, he wants to bring in the death penalty. Um, There's no such thing as a black, gay or trans person. Um, They don't exist. It's a white thing, and he calls it a disease. Um, Andy had a a very interesting point to make about this, and this is where where these sort of attitudes come from. And actually, a lot of it comes from the colonial conquest of Africa. The people I interviewed mentioned religion is is got a big part to play in their persecution. We also have to mention as well the World Health Organization and the International Classification of Diseases, which up until 1991 classes homosexuality as a disease. Uh, and as a mental illness so that has also not helped this situation in many countries there's a long battle to change that and many mental health organisations elsewhere in the world have long since dropped that nomenclature but yeah yeah. Yeah. but you were saying weren't you it's about basically Europeans going to Africa and imposing a very fundamentalist form of Christianity on the countries they found there it's the first interview I've done where I actually cried while interviewing (coughs) this group of people that had escaped Uganda to fall into Kenya 
Um, the escape route could be South Africa and Namibia, whose laws protect the LGBTQ community, but they said that in reality, on the ground, it doesn't help because the prejudice is huge in those two countries. Yeah, it's very frustrating as well because we give them a lot of money. To, to, uh, and it is for good causes, but it then never comes with any like clauses saying, well, actually, you also need to improve your equal rights yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, but don't forget it was European countries that foistered Christianity on a lot of countries around the yeah, world. Yeah, true. So why aren't we yeah. doing something to try and improve yeah. it now? Indeed, you know, Andy. Just, just throw money at the problem doesn't make it any better. No. But there's also boycotts and things like that that we can all sort of do to sort of think about the products that we buy to ensure that we're not supporting... Um, countries of which are sort of creating these laws. Well, do you think we could do with better labelling as well yes. for that? Because it always says on a product just made in and the place, you know, UK, China, mm. whatever. In actual fact, a lot of things, they may be made there, but the things come from tons of different places. Yeah. Well, can you how are you supposed to beans? know? Yeah, yeah, they do. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> anyone got something a bit lighter than <laughs> doom and... Well, uh, <laughs> we were talking I was about say, pride. Rainbows and pride, anyone? <laughs> yeah, so um, s- some of the listeners might not actually know who some of the um, headliner, because it's sort well, of Jake like Shears. a few. Yeah, Jake <gasps> Shears, but also... Natalie Ambrulio. Yeah, and Nadine Coyle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to do everything in my power not to do an impression of Nadine Coyle to Nadine Coyle. <laughs> I Go on, do it now. I don't know. Go well, on. She hears this. She just says a certain word very beautifully, doesn't she? Go on, say it. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> no. In the manner in which you say And he's you like, don't no. don't take the mickey out of someone. Oh, no, not definitely not taking the mickey. I just love her accent because you know. she's from the Derry area. So it's a very, very specific Irish yeah. accent. Yeah. Um, she's well, a, hopefully she's we aware that she has a very quirky accent. Mm. Yeah. Um, maybe I could ask her about that because the lead, uh, one of the lead actresses from Derry Girls based her accent on Nadine Coyle. Mm. So I think she probably takes it as a compliment. Mm. Isn't one of, the, one of the girls that was in, um, oh, what's the Netflix series? One of the girls from Derry, oh. Derry <laughs> Girls is in... Um, oh. My mind's just gone totally blank. Don't you hate it when that happens? Oh, on yeah. I had it right on the tip of my tongue then, didn't I? That's all right. Bridgerton, that was what Put I was saying. Oh, yes, that's, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. So the actress that's in Derry Girls and in Bridgerton, that's the actress I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I don't know if it's coming back for another series, Bridgerton. I didn't ever see it. Didn't you? Oh, no. it's, it's brilliant. It's still on Netflix, funny enough. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you can watch it, yeah. Other streaming services are available. Mm. Yes, uh, we've just uh, started Big Bang right from the beginning again. Finished it, started it again. Couldn't cope with the the loss of uh, Sheldon Cooper in my life. <laughs> um, and Soft Kitty. But uh, yeah, soft kitty. are you watching anything interesting? Just before we uh, we were um, that listeners might enjoy. In the Umbrella Academy, about to drop yeah. the next series. Yeah, I saw Elliot Page um, uh, talking about it. And that uh, he was really, really pleased with the with the the one that's about to drop. Yeah, and Robert uh, Sheehan, who plays Klaus, um, he's just absolutely. I mean, it's, the whole cast is superb, but those mm. two really stand out for me. Uh, isn't Netflix about to drop Queer as Folk? 
the new reboot, the second Ooh, reboot, there which you go. I think Russell T. Davis is involved with, and which is going to have Ooh, a very multiracial cast. If Russell it's T. is involved, it's going to be Russell brilliant. T. Russell T. Is there going to be a Dalek in it? Wrong franchise. be interesting to see how they do it again. Yeah. Because it, it was very iconic of its, its time. Of its time, but. You know, I hit, you watch it these days and you cringe. You well, know. It, one thing he said he wanted to do was, was really change the location and really make it diverse with mm. neurodiversity, with disabled people with many more people of colour in it so which he's makes really sense. going, he's going to for today isn't he he's going to make it relevant for 2023 oh uh, anyway that's it for this week uh, it's not long until Bristol Pride so um, remember we will be broadcasting live all day do you want me to do your bit yeah, yeah, too? Yes, please, Andy. Uh, Steph's uh, iPad is completely shut down. <laughs> Ever the professional. I'm very sorry, everyone. Uh, come and march, dance and celebrate with us or uh, listen to us live on your radio box thingy. Uh, Shout out radio.lgbt is where it all starts with us. Next week, we're going to be talking to the act that opened uh, the show on the stage, Sing at Bristol. But from myself and the rest of the team, say bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.